As owners of Creative Studios, it's our job to help our teams channel creativity into brilliant final products. At the same time, it's also our job to ensure creativity isn't inefficient, wasteful, or off the mark. Today, we're going to talk about how we channel and rein in all of that creative energy. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity in business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Sometimes creative energy can feel frenetic, like a killer bee, can't it? Like a killer bee, that I see what you did there. That's the name of our drink. Can count on me. Clever. Yeah, this drink is fantastic. So it's super simple. What do we have in there? So it's two ounces of Mana Lobos Mezcal with um, a little bit of honey and a little bit of freshly squeezed lemon juice. And you just put it in a cocktail shaker. And you can't go wrong. A little bit of ice. I mean, this is delicious and easy as all get out. And I'm sure that if you just think of those simple ingredients that you can think of your own way to serve it as well. Yeah. And I can imagine this. You're on a creative spree, right? And you're Mm -hmm. coming up with great ideas and you want a cocktail and this one's just and done. And that's that's where the name Killer Bee comes from yeah, in my you, head. I think you wouldn't want too much of it because then you'll get stung. Probably. See what oh, I did there? So bad. <laughs> I know. I'm on a roll. All right. So why are we talking about creativity again? Tell me. Okay. So, you know, reining in or channeling creativity is really this tightrope that we walk as business owners, right? Um, you want to make sure that you are focused enough to get the job done, but that you're not so focused that you're not exploring other options but also not being so exploratory that you're being wasteful, right? Yeah, it's such an interesting balancing act because if you turn the pipe off too soon, you might have missed the best idea in the world. If you let the pipe go forever, then you're never getting anything done and that's not serving your client or your bottom line. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a really fine line. And this, um, I have this rant about creativity. So just give me a, a small moment. I'm here. Right. So creative is not always effective first of all. So Mm -hmm. I think creativity has a strange reputation. And I think of it like this, if you need to put two, two pieces of paper together, you could use a staple or you could get really creative, get some fishing line and cut some and tie it together and attach those two pieces of paper, Mm -hmm. which is creative. Back in our day, that would be a very MacGyver move, but it's not effective. So creativity has to be channeled and reined in sometimes because sometimes it's not even appropriate. Right. Well, and when we've been at our creative processes, as long as we've been at our creative processes, we know what tools to use and what to apply and when to try something different to veer away from the status quo, the stapler, right? Right. Sometimes the stapler is really all you need. And sometimes you know you need to help your client stand apart somehow. And creativity just takes, it takes so much effort your brain uses most of the calories you put in your body. And so creativity takes energy, it takes time. And so you have to budget where you're spending that. I don't know. That's why I think we should talk about this topic. Perfect. So let's talk about what it means to channel creativity. That doesn't mean that you're solving it right away in the first idea, right? You're a coach, you're pushing people towards the solution, right? Yeah, I think for Karen and I who lead creative staffs and for any of you who are mentoring staff or leading other people who have to be creative, channeling it is one of your number one jobs, encouraging creative executions and creative thinking, but also giving it a place to go, giving it boundaries, knowing where creativity should happen and where it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. 
makes makes life easier for everybody. Yeah, I I think that um, boundaries are really appropriate when you start off on a project like that. Um, I don't I don't want to use boundaries to take everything off the table, right? Because I think that there are happy surprises that happen along the way. But boundaries are really important. Time the timeline is finite, obviously, and almost always the budget is finite, and so you have to be able to define what the project requirements are before and and what the problem is uh, before you're starting to solve for that. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to just point people to a lane with a bowling ball and put the bumpers in the gutters and say, go, because your target's so clear. I, I, I wouldn't want it to be as obvious as bumper ball. You have to be able to then come back to your client and say, okay, we've solved with your requirements. And do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And you make the bowling reference. I think it's our job to make sure we're all playing the same game. Sure. Not that somebody's going to try tennis and someone else is going to try bowling. Someone else is going to be on the, in the pool, but, um, knowing that we're all, all at least playing the same game and here are the rules we're playing by the bumpers that, that can kill creativity. Right. So it's narrowing universes and narrowing the, land that will be explored enough that you're not spreading your efforts too thin Mm -hmm. and feeling lost, but not narrowing it so much that there's no room for innovation. Yeah. You know, as, as owners of businesses, you know, we, we fancy ourselves creative directors, but at the same time, um, it's more often than not that our teams are the ones that are solving, right? So how do you know when to insert yourself into the process and determine whether you need to uh, channel or rein in, you know, is it, you know, you got to check in at a certain frequency, but there's a frequency that certainly would be too much, but then not checking it at all is risky. That's half of it is knowing, knowing when to, when to be in and when to be out of the way and when to check in. I think that for me, I think that's very individual to each relationship. So Mm -hmm. over the course of time, we've had creative staff who really need as much input as possible in the beginning, then they need to hide for quite some time, not have interaction with anyone else, and then come back with some great ideas. Mm-hmm. And then then we've had staff who, who really want those micro check-ins along the way. They want to banter and have conversations as they go. So I, I think a lot of that is knowing what each person needs. Yeah, absolutely. And I, And again, it goes back to coaching a little bit. Um, I think there's plenty of times with channeling, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this was your first iteration. And this is kind of what I expected you to create. And so what if you did something that felt a little bit more risky or out on the skinny branches version of this? You know, it's it's kind of that pull and push. It's such a good pull and push. And when when you put it in that light, it it makes me think sometimes... It's about knowing when your staff has more to give or has a blockage that you can get rid of or an expectation that you can loosen up somehow and and pushing them to be excellent or to get past whatever the hurdle is. And sometimes it's about knowing what the client needs and what's happening in their industry and what's already been done. So there's really, for creative leaders, there's this two-part mentoring your staff and understanding what they need and knowing what will get the execution that your client needs. It's a strange place that we stand, I think. Well, and I think you've said before that, you know, channeling creativity is kindness. Sure, because it gives you it gives you something to do. It gives you a goal. 
and it gives you the ability to let go of the universe of possibilities that aren't effective, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and again, I have such complicated feelings about creativity. I think people use the word poorly, and I feel like there are industries who banter it around like it means using a nice set of crayons. I, I really have a hard time with that. Creativity is being innovative about solving a problem. And if you don't know what the problem is, or if you don't know where your goal line is, what your intended outcome is, how can you get there? You're just shifting around hoping to stumble upon something. Right. So the the kindness comes in making the goals and the expectations quite clear so that you know what your target is. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the same thing holds true, Jen, with reining creativity in. It's communication and and making sure that objectives are really clearly stated. Um, But with reining in, you're allowing somebody to kind of hit those boundaries and then you're just like pulling them back ever so slightly. And I know that as creatives, you and I have certainly loved dreaming about the impossible or the not the not possible in some cases, but like my team and I really love, like we have so much fun sitting around, uh, especially pre COVID and just like coming up with ridiculous stuff because it gets it out of our system so that we can kind of circle back. It can't happen every time because it's, it can be inefficient, but it's so fun. (laughs) It's, it's so much fun and it's really necessary, right? It's necessary to know how far you can lift and what your muscles can do and to practice and exercise. And I think the key is that your staff understand your goals and understand when we're doing this this exercise for the sake of it and we won't be resentful when we have to pull back, right? Absolutely. And so that's about culture. I think making a culture where lots of exploration and going crazy is is really encouraged, but people are positive about being able to then target it down to getting to the end goal. Yeah. So that's a culture thing. And Absolutely. you have a great culture. And your I mean, I, I know one of your favorite Christmas, ho- you know, holiday films that we've created is Smickle the Pickle. I love um, that guy. And the way that we came up with that, <laughs> the way that we came up with that was the most ridiculous brainstorming session. And um, of course, when you create something for yourself, for your own organization, your boundaries are a little bit looser because you're paying for it yourself, obviously. So um, the way that we got there was just a full set of, I can't believe she's letting us do this. (laughs) But on the flip side, right? So here's where channeling and reining in work so well together. You knew what your target was. We're going to make a video. You probably had talked about the kind of tone that you wanted to hit. Are we going to be poignant? Are we going to be funny? Are we going to be abrasive? Are we going to be silly? And then one, so that's the channeling, right? Mm -hmm. Those are those early decisions. And then once you've decided on a direction, then you get to go crazy, right? Yeah. How much fun is that? Yeah. So fun. But at the same time, when you see something that's a little out of bounds, rather than just snuffing it out, right? And sucking the air out of every out of you know like a vacuum like sucking your air out of everybody's creativity it's about again redirecting or reining something in and saying you know okay so what would this look like if and so that's a redirection to just not pull back all the way but just to like start to take like a little curve right yeah and it's building instead of knocking down So what that language does, what would this look like if, says, you know, 
I'm supporting your ideas and your thinking here. We might not have hit the target quite yet, but if you continue toward the target, how could that happen? Mm-hmm. Is is so much stronger than saying that won't work or we can't. So that again, that's a culture, that's a culture question. It's building a culture of creativity where um, reining people in is done in kindness mm-hmm. and with strategy as a result or with strategy at the forefront instead of, you know, just popping bubbles and making people sad. <laughs> I think too, a, a good team that understands how reining in works yeah. um, is a team that has really good role awareness. You know, if you've got too many people with too many different titles trying to all same, solve the same thing, then that's that can also be inefficient. Yeah, I, I think that that is so true. And I remember when I was early in my career, wanting places to show that I could be creative would lead me to spending my creativity or my effort in places where it just wasn't appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And so as an organization, if you can give each of your people a space in which they can really stretch and think things through and come up with a fresh idea, then they're not so busy trying to come up with an idea in a place that it's not as effective. And so I think, you know, that's really tricky for brands too, especially you have a brand standard, you know what your tone of voice is, you know what your color palette is. And gosh, creatives can get bored and think, oh, I'm so tired of doing things in green. What if I could do it in orange? That's just a need to get creativity out. That Mm -hmm. is that those things, those those tendencies are happening when your staff don't feel like they're satisfied or have a place to express their creativity. Mm-hmm. So if you build a place to express creativity, then it, it by nature is channeled to where it should be. And it's reined in when it needs to be because they understand what's happening. And they're part of that process instead of just being told no. Yeah, that's part of that dance. So then from a from a creative director or, uh, you know, an executive producer standpoint, how do you know when to choose which? I mean, for me, it's always about solid process, um, but it's more than that. I think it's about asking, is creativity an end result or a tool in this instance? Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can come up with a final a product that is ridiculous. Yeah, but you can come up with a product that's really creative but you have to use it as a tool to get there. And the end result could be quite mundane looking at it from the outside, but man, it could have been a creative process to get to it. So I think it's a, it's a good topic. It's a good topic. Absolutely. I think too, you, you already said this earlier, but I think knowing your people, knowing what they need, who needs more check-ins, who needs to like talk it out. I know I have some people that like to have that the thrill of being engaged and I've got some people that like to sleep on it and I think that's okay as you already pointed out it takes time either way yeah great results take time great creativity takes time but it's really worth it be creative be creative do it (laughs) well and I think at the end of the day you have to recognize your team when the mark has been hit Um, and then when the mark has been hit in a in a using a process that is effective and that doesn't make your client wish they hadn't gone through that process, that it wasn't painful, nobody lost a limb or bled or cried, you know, like we have to recognize our teams for doing the thing that they do so well. Man, creativity is great and creative people are great. You know what it makes me happy? Killer bee. Killer bee. Mm-hmm. So good. 
it really could make you knock down on your bum if you weren't careful because it's a tasty, easy, easy drink. Yeah, it really is. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. Talk to you next time. So we all have habits. The good, the bad, and the just plain weird. (laughs) Next episode, we're going to admit the weird, apologize for the bad, and commit to the good. All right, join us. See you soon. Cheers.